Hey folks, and welcome back to the Blue Light Podcast. I'm Brendan from Blue Light, and to introduce myself, in case you've not heard any of these before, over the past several years I've been coaching and supporting people for the police recruitment process. Over 5,000 people are now in the police service as a result of my support. So today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to share with you how I failed at an interview. Not just failed by a little bit, but failed spectacularly. And then I went on to fail at another one. What on earth's going on? I mean, you might be sat there listening to this thinking, but Brendan, aren't you meant to be like the guru of interviews, the guru of recruitment? Haven't you been telling us how over the past 30-something years since you qualified as a tutor constable, this is something you've been interested in? Well, I got cocky. That was the problem. I got cocky. So let me just share with you a little story about what happened when I completely failed at not just one, but two interviews. And the reason why is because not not just about getting cocky, but I acted naturally. And I try to be myself. And that, in my book, is the worst thing you can do. So what happened? Well, about 20-something years ago, I got really, really interested in coaching and supporting people. Uh, First of all, as a sergeant for my student officers, my probationers. Um, And then I went into training and spent three marvellous, incredible years at the district training centre in Bruce, in Warrington, in Cheshire, northwest of England. Um coaching, supporting, training officers at the very, very beginning of their career. And a lot of them now have gone on to do some incredible things as chief superintendents, uh, superintendents, uh, people who have just had incredible careers doing specialist roles. Really, really proud of the progress that they've made. And then I got interested in coaching and supporting people who want to be trainers. And so I became a um, trainer development officer. And then from there, I became interested in what would it be like if I actually became a trainer of trainers? And so I put the word out there that I was kind of interested in doing that. And they had specialist courses to become trainers, led by the directors of studies who worked for what is now called the College of Policing. Back then it was called National Police Training. And they worked from Harrogate, which was like the flagship centre for police recruitment, uh, anything to do with police training. This was the flagship of the police world. Harrogate in North Yorkshire. Wonderful, wonderful place. And so um, the job came up. There it was, an advert for a trainer of trainers, director of studies. And I just thought, that is made for me. That job is mine. And everyone kept telling me, oh, you're such a great trainer. You're a brilliant trainer development officer. You're so inspiring. You're such a great motivator. When you're in the training environment, you know, people just just love it and you love it and you can you can you become alive and you'd be such an inspiration for other trainers and you'd be great you'd be excellent you'd be brilliant go for it and i kept asking people for advice and they kept saying no you'll be fine just be yourself just be a natural self just act naturally just do what you do you'd be brilliant and so i went for the interview without any preparation whatsoever i believed all the hype around me i believed what everyone was telling me that all i needed to do is just be myself because i'm such a brilliant trainer anyway what happened it was a train wreck oh my goodness what a disaster okay the role play part when we had to deal with some um 
you know, student trainers who were, were difficult. I kind of blagged my way through that and managed that and kind of scored okay there. But the the interview, that was an absolute disaster. I was being asked questions and I was just sat there thinking, I don't know where to take any of my answers here. I think I can, I can think of examples, but I've just not thought about what I needed to say. I've not practiced at all. I'd not done any practice whatsoever because everyone kept telling me, just act naturally, Brendan. Just be yourself. You'd be great. You'd be fine. You'd be perfect. And so the, the feedback I had eventually from the chief inspector after my disastrous fail, after I got that email to say, thanks very much for your interest and where my world collapsed because I could just see myself working there, being a trainer of trainers for a two-year contract, it would have been amazing. And the feedback from the chief inspector was that he just couldn't believe my interview. He was expecting such amazing interview from me, and it was a train wreck. And so, very soon after that, I thought, well, I'll pick myself up. I went for a specialist position that's what in what is now called Skills for Justice. It's the justice sector organisation for the police, law, uh, and other uh, fire service as well. Back then, it was called Police Skills and Standards Organisation, and I did the same thing. I fell into the same mistake. I believed the hype around me that you'd be great, Brendan, you'd be fine, just be yourself and that naturally. And I went for that interview and, again, completely bombed out. Now, at that point, I thought, I'm better than this. Why did I believe everyone? Why didn't I just follow the model that I've been following for couple of decades by then one where i prepare and i practice and i use certain structures and i look at the competencies that are looking for and look at what the behaviors are and the values and work towards those and practice 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 and put the hours in and don't believe any of the hype around me about act naturally and just be yourself and so i decided that was the last time the last time i was ever going to fall for that hype and so I've got this thing now that whenever people say just act naturally and just be yourself, you'll be fine. Just demonstrate your passion. Just do all of those things. And they come out with a load of cliches. I just listen to that advice and think, no, just no, 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 no. Acting naturally, being yourself, that is just not the way to succeed. So what is the way to succeed, you might be thinking, in an interview? If acting naturally and just being yourself, because that's what everyone keeps telling you, and everyone keeps telling you, you make such a great police officer, you'd be fantastic, it's it's in your heart, you've, you've got a passion for it, it's in your DNA. Well, what should you be doing to prepare? Well, I've got huge amount, I mean, hours and hours of advice on what you need to do to prepare for the interview phase for being a police officer. Uh, but I was reminded of all of this this week when uh, Chief Constable Nick Adley from Northamptonshire Police uh, put out a tweet to say there are going to be some uh, Chief Inspector interviews coming up. And what he said was, just be you. There's no need for big words. It's not a memory test of the competency and values framework. Wants to know about your motives to lead and how you lead, your ambition. And so that started making me think again about, okay, so what he's saying there, it sounds like just act naturally and be yourself, but it's not, because there's loads of little hidden messages in there about what they are really looking for and what he was looking for. And so a lot of the books out there, um, both for the police sector and in other sectors, will tell you to make sure you know your competencies and learn your competencies and make sure you use phrases from that in your interview because that'll let them know that you're really aware of what the role requires and uh, make bold claims that you work collaboratively with others and that uh, you're a really good listener and you're really good at helping people and you're always there to support people and make all of these claims and that'll impress them. No, it won't. It won't. So what Nick's getting at there, I think, is that 
when you start reciting phrases from a competency framework or when you start trying to make big, bold claims about what you can do, it just falls on deaf ears. And I was reminded of that this morning in one of the webinars that I was running for the online assessment process, which people have to do in England and Wales to secure a position in the police. And we were just chatting at the very beginning of the webinar about experience in interviews. And um, one of the uh, one of my clients on the webinar, uh, Anand, talked about how he's already had his interview before the online assessment process, and he started off by using all of those big words from the competency and values framework. He started making all of these big claims, and he was really, really lucky, because the interviewers, one of the inspectors, just looked at him and said, stop. Just, just stop, please. Because all you're doing is reciting phrases from the competency and values framework. All you're doing is telling me what you think I want to hear, and it's not. So if you want to pass, if you want to do well, if you want to succeed in this interview, you're going to have to start now being something which is real and authentic, something which is going to persuade me that you're the right person for the job. So I want you to start speaking from the heart. And that's what I advocate that you do. So it's not just about being yourself and acting naturally and just hoping for the best and fingers crossed. No, 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 that's not going to get you through. But I do want you to be your real, authentic and emotional self in a very, very structured way, in a way that describes not just what you did, but how you did it. So that structure is really, really important. And this is where I've broken down the STAR format, the popular format for answering interview questions, which is based on situation, task, action, result. I've kicked that into the long grass because I just don't think it serves you well. I think it's too confusing and it leads to you using all of those cliches and big, bold claims. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to walk you through uh, three things that I th think you need to do. Not just think, three things I know you need to do. And how do I know this? Well, I've coached and supported thousands of people to success in the police recruitment process. And actually, increasingly now, I'm getting loads of people coming back to say, do you know, Brendan, I didn't actually end up joining the police. So far over the past month, I've had someone who's started working for local government, someone who's working for, I think it might be MI5, actually, because they're really cagey about what it was. Um, and the more I asked questions about it, the more I thought, yeah, this is something like MI5 you've got a job in. Uh, someone who's just gone into a nursing sector, someone who's become a paramedic, someone who joined the Royal Marines, someone who's got an apprenticeship with, I think it's uh, Rolls-Royce, one of the big engineering companies. So many people who've succeeded using these techniques. So they're not just police techniques, they're not just for police interviews. If you know of anyone who's got an interview coming up for any kind of job, please do get them to listen to these podcasts because increasingly I'm going to be sharing tips with you that would apply to any, any, any sector. So here's three things that I feel you really do need to know. So the first one is to remember, if you don't have a lot of life experience, don't be thinking that, oh, I'll go into it this time, it'll just be good practice. Um, if I fail, then I'll, I'll get some feedback and I'll know what I need to do to succeed next time. No, if we're going for any interview, we're going for the interview to succeed first time. Because the thing is, the, what the, they're not looking for um, some Gucci job where you've changed the world or, you know, if you're in the police, it'd be tea and medals with the chief superintendent next day. They're not looking for that. They're looking for examples of where you've given 120% without being asked to do so and where it's involved people. 
You know, if you give an answer, an answer that involves other people, it's always going to be far stronger than an answer where you just talk about what you did and how you did things on your own. Because just as in any other sector, in the police sector probably more so than others, it's all about people, all about working with other people. So if you can give an example where you've given 120% without being asked to do so, where you've worked or volunteered or supported other people, then you're going to be fine. And it doesn't matter how much life experience you've got, because they are looking for people who are um, 18 years old, and they're not necessarily going to have the life experience of someone who's 40 years old. Now, as an interviewer, though, if you came to me aged 40 years old and you struggled to tell me about a time when you've had to make a difficult decision, where you've had to account for that decision to others, or a time when you've had to support another person who is in need of help, or a time when you've had to change the style of your communication to meet the needs of another person, if you are struggling with that aged 40 then I'd give you short shrift. But if you're 18 years old, I'd probably give you a few uh, prompts and pushes and nudges to help you along your way. And like I said, it doesn't have to be some Gucci job where people are going to be, you know, if you posted it on Twitter, you get something like uh, 200 likes or loves or whatever it is. This is just times when you've demonstrated certain behaviours that they're looking for but you're not going to use phrases from the, the the competency or values framework where those phrases are from. You're going to describe what you did and how you did things and let the interviewer determine whether it actually hits the mark in terms of the competencies or the values that they're looking for. So this is where I want you to think about your life experience to date and possibly keep a bit of a journal as well. And you need to be aware of and cognizant of the the values and the competencies that they're looking for in you, in terms of your behaviours, how you behave. And if there's any gaps, go and find the opportunity to work through that experience. Go and find the opportunity. Go and push yourself. Go and give 120% without being asked to do so and push yourself into a situation where you may have to work collaboratively with others to achieve a positive outcome. Or you may have to do the right thing, even when it was would have been easier to do nothing. Because these are the sort of questions you're going to get. These are the sort of questions you're going to get. And some of the best examples I've heard have been the simple ones, not ones that are too complex. Uh, one of my clients this week gave this incredibly complex answer. Um, I couldn't even understand what her role was until we talked about it later on. And she was trying to tell me about everything, everything, everything that she was doing. And she just got tied up in so many knots. And once we simplified it, it became a lot easier for her. So that's the first one. Um, the experience doesn't have to be all Gucci. It just has to be an experience, evidence of where you're given 120% without being asked to do so. And where you've involved other people. That's always key, involving other people. Uh, second second little tip and many of you will be thinking well I've not got time to prepare it's going to take me so long this it's going to take me hours and hours and hours well it is going to take you hours and hours and hours but one of the things I'd advocate is knowing exactly what you need to do to prepare knowing what you need to do to prepare and how to prepare and how to structure your answers and that's absolutely key absolutely key and then get practicing get practicing you're going to have to create the time to prepare and practice there's no way around it folks the hard work is in the rehearsal if you think on the day of your interview you can just waltz up as i did just believing all the hype around me that just be yourself act naturally you'd be great you'd be amazing then you're gonna fall have a fall from grace pretty much like i did as well and it's not a it's not a nice place to be because it really does it pulls you down i know that because i've been there i know exactly what it feels like 
So knowing how to actually prepare your answers is something that's uh, absolutely key. And this is where having a structure to everything is really, really valuable. So in terms of things like, why do you want to be a police officer? And this could be the same for why do you want to be an accountant or why do you want to be an engineer or why do you want to be whatever it is that you're going for? Have a story to tell, a unique story that's all about you. In another podcast, I've talked about this, how we start off with how the idea came into you, the seed of the idea came into your mind and how it grew into this big, big tree um, where you are now. And tell the story chapter by chapter. Uh, so that the, the key thing is you're looking for is that so no one else can have that story. So it's very individual just to you. Similarly, for answering any competency type questions, questions that start off with, can you tell me about a time when? Now, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, that we're going to use a highly detailed structure where we talk about the situation, the impact on others, how you felt, how you manage those emotions, uh, how you talked about your aim. Uh, the aim of what you hope to achieve and the options you considered and the rationale for the option that you chose, the actions you took, not just what you did, but how you did those things. And again, emotions and things that went wrong and how you dealt with those things. And then you can talk about the result and don't try and persuade them that everything you touch turns to gold because if it's difficult and challenging and it all went perfectly, it wasn't difficult and challenging enough. So talk about times when things didn't go right. So the result wasn't what you were expecting. And this is a perfect bridge then to the next part, which is the learning. So you can now talk about, as a result of this, what I learned was. What I'd do differently next time would be. And now we can add the last part, the icing on the cake, where we talk about how this behaviour is important in the organisation because... And how in the future, as a police officer, I would demonstrate that behaviour. So there's your perfect structure, your perfect way of framing your answer. There's, I mean, there's a lot more to it. I go into this in far more detail because each one of those is an absolute, uh, that's a chapter in your story. And you've got to make it convincing. You've got to be able to add depth to it and breadth to it and speak from the heart. So many of the best answers that people give me when we practice are ones where they get a bit emotional and those are the best ones and the interviewers love that actually they love it because they can tell that this is something that you're passionate about all right okay so the third thing i want you to take a focus on uh third tip by the way i've got i've got like 10 plus tips probably 20 tips but these are just three tips that just spring to mind when i start thinking about that naturally just be yourself nonsense um and this one is um, about it is actually about being yourself in a way i want you to deliver your answer so that it is real it's authentic it's got passion behind it it's got emotion behind it and more than anything else it wouldn't sound like anyone else's answer it wouldn't sound like anyone else's answer because so many times when i'm practicing with people i hear answers and just think do you know so many other people could have delivered that answer it just didn't tell me anything about you, didn't tell me anything about the, the passion within you, your motives wanting to be a police officer, what you find interesting, what you don't find interesting, what you struggle with. I want to know the full picture. I want to know everything about you in that 45 minutes to an hour. I know that's a big ask, but that's what they're looking for. Because one of the big questions they're asking themselves... The biggest question they're asking themselves, which probably isn't on the marking guide, is can I see this person working with me in the future? Can I see this person working with me in the future? Because if they say yes to you, there's every chance you might be on their team one day. And if you're a complete duffer, 
you'll be on their team and they'll be looking at you every day thinking, why, oh, why, oh, why did I recruit this person? And so this is the final question. That's not, it's not in any of the marking guides, but they will be asking themselves this question is, can I see this person plugging in to my team? Can I see, have they got the DNA of our organization? Can they just plug in with the right guidance and support? Are they going to be the sort of person that at four o'clock in the morning is going to pull another rabbit out of the hat that's going to give 120% without being asked to do so? If the answer is yes, they will work hard to support you throughout the interview. If within the first five or ten minutes they've decided that you're not the right person, then do you know they're going to they're going to thank you with some nice smiles, and then by the end of the interview, they're just going to be thinking there's no chance. They can find a way to fail you, even if you give some brilliant answers. Well, actually, if you give brilliant answers, then you're the right sort of person. But this is where um, the real, authentic, and emotional self comes in. And it goes back to what Nick Adley was saying, the chief constable. No need for big words. It's not a memory test of the competency and values framework. Like I said, I want to hear your motives to lead and how you lead in your ambition. And you can translate that into your position as a, a, a new recruit for the police. So what's your motive for want of being a police officer? How are you going to deliver and how are you going to help support this force and the communities of the area that you're going to be working in over the next 20 to 30 years? Because that's how long your career might be. And what are your ambitions? What do you see yourself doing in five to 10 years time? What would you be your biggest dream about being a police officer? What are people going to remember you for? What are you going to be proud of so that when you end your career, either as a full career, you retire with pride and honour or you resign with pride and honour because not everyone wants to do a full career. You're going to look back and think that career was both successful and fulfilling and amazing. There's a huge difference between success and fulfilment. And so, folks, there you go. Three top tips for you there. Um, a, A lot about how acting naturally and just being yourself it's just not going to work. It might do, but you're leaving it to chance. You need to design exactly what you're going to do to approach the interview. And if you want to know more about this and you're listening to this before the 1st of September, I'm going to put a link in the blurb to this podcast because I'm going to invite you to a very special webinar where for about 45 minutes to an hour, I'm going to talk about what you need to do to be really, really successful, to really impress and Uh, cross the line because for many of you the interview the enforce interview is the final hurdle in terms of persuading someone that you're the right person for the job i know there's still things like vetting and fitness and medical after that but this is the point where the gate is opened to those parts of the recruitment process really really important so this this webinar i'm going to run on uh, tuesday the 1st of september Uh, six o'clock in the evening i'm going to put a link into the blurb on this podcast so you can you can uh, register for it it's going to be 45 minutes to now it's going to be absolutely amazing i'm going to share with you so many secrets of how to succeed in the final interview and at the very end of the uh, webinar as well i'm going to have something very special for you something that's just going to make you think wow has he gone insane what is he doing why is he giving us this offer honestly it's going to be an absolutely insane offer you're gonna you're gonna absolutely love it so there you go folks first of september i look forward to uh, i won't see you there but you'll be able to chat with me there's a there's this amazing chat function um on the software we use 
Uh, you'll be able to communicate, ask questions, all sorts of cool stuff. So I look forward to your questions. I look forward to any comments that you may have. I look forward to you joining me on the 1st of September. And if you're listening to this after the 1st of September, well, check out the other link. It's to the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group. Almost 13,000. We're just about 50 shy of 13,000 people in that group now. Um, there's webinars that are run every week. So just go to that group and you'll see my post where I talk about the next set of webinars that I'll be running to help support you through the process. All right, folks. Well, listen, uh, stay safe, look after each other. And if you're in the sector already doing something in the 999 sector, I love what you're doing. Serious kudos to you. And for those of you who want to join the police or any of the 99 services, uh, 999 services, I think you're all amazing to want to uh, pick up that that role and deliver and uh, for society and serve. Just an amazing thing that you want to do. So serious kudos to you as well. I'll catch up with you at next week's podcast. I'll speak to you then. Bye-bye for now.